Y'all, I have not mentioned this on the show yet. I have not the opportunity to mention it, honestly, but I am nominated for my first award for this podcast. And it's actually me who was nominated, which is like a very big deal to me. It means a lot to me. I'm nominated for Best Indie Podcast Host by the Podcast Academy. So the Podcast Academy hosts an award show every year for podcasts called The Ambies. This year it is in Los Angeles. I will be attending the Ambies where I will find out whether or not I won the award. And even if I don't win, that's okay. But obviously I would love to win if you are a voting member of the Podcast Academy because only voting members of the Podcast Academy can vote in the Ambie Awards. Please, I would love your consideration. Take a listen, take a gander. I hope you enjoy the content. hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy me. And I hope you're down to vote for me for Best Indie Podcast Host. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to Black People Love Paramore, a podcast where we try to help Black people feel seen. Please rate us and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars only because we are five-star bitches. Or Dio Gotti. I'm your host, Sequoia. And today, joining me to talk about Black races and colloquialisms, we have Travell and Jared from the Fanti Podcast. Say what's up, y'all. Hi. What's up, (laughs) (laughs) y'all? Well, you know who is Jared, because that's a very Jared response. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what was that? What y'all got going on? Like, tell them who, who y'all are, because they got stuff going on. Both people here have lots of things. I'll go first. Um, I'm Travell Anderson. I am an entertainment journalist, editor, social curator, world changer, forthcoming authoress times two. Um, I co-host Fans High with Jared, which he will tell y'all about shortly. I also co-host the Daily News podcast called What a Day. Check us out for your morning news recap. And yeah, Jared, tell the people who you are and about our podcast. I'm just Jared. Um, <laughs> back to you, Sequoia. <laughs> All right. I mean, to be fair, Jared did just come off a flight. Listen, I I was on a flight an hour, like 50 minutes ago. Um, I am Jarrett Hill. I am a producer, writer, and primarily journalist, and now professor at USC uh, Annenberg, teaching journalism as well. It sounds really cool. I'm not that interesting. Like, let's just be real about it. Uh, Travell and I are authoring Historically Black Phrases, which will be out in September. We are under a year away from the book coming out, September of 2023. Travell's also writing We See Each Other which will be out in the spring, uh, chronicling a personal history of, of uh, trans lives on film. Did I say that right, Trevor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and we host Fanti, which is a show that uh, is about the things that we're big fans of, but have some anti-feelings about. Um, and so those things can range from celebrities, television shows, the movements, you know, the social medias, all the different things. And uh, that show comes out every Thursday. Uh, wherever you get your slate worthy audio. I love that. Wow. Y'all, y'all are concise. Y'all straight to it. It's like y'all have done this before. It's like you have a podcast or something, right? It's like, it's like you do this all the time or something. That's kind of crazy. I don't know. Okay, y'all, before we get in and talk about black phrases, which I'm so happy to have y'all on here about because y'all are experts pretty much on this topic. It's 
incredible. We have the first segment of my podcast called In My Defense. In My Defense is a segment where we bring one of our controversial or unpopular opinions and defend it for you all. Previous In My Defense, the most notorious one that I've done, just for example, so I can give y'all context. I like a food that many people have thoughts and feelings about. I feel like I know what it's about to be. I think you do. I'm certain I'm certain that just by your reaction, I can sense that you do know what it is. It, it's something called a chitterling. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, period. Okay, okay. I knew I was going to be by myself. I already felt attacked <laughs> when you started this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I set you up. I set you up. I set you up. Yeah. I did so much to be here today, and this is what I said? <laughs> this is how we repay you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm sorry. It's not right. It's not right at all. You'll be fine. But let me tell you something. A chitterling is is delicious. So that's like an example mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of in, my, in my defense. I don't have one this week. Usually I have one. I couldn't think of one. I'm all out of y'all stuff to give y'all to drag me for. So I'm going to push it to y'all. If y'all have anything... Off top of mine, it can be food related. Mine are usually food related because I have weird food opinions, but yeah. So I, I can start here. In my defense, there is a food item that you people really enjoy that I for a long time have been pretty sure I was allergic to and did not like for that reason, but still have not ventured into even after getting the test at the doctor recently. <laughs> hmm. Okay. This melon of the water, oh. it just don't hit for me, right? When I was in fifth grade, I, I ate a lot of it and like broke out in hives and all this other shit. Now, the doctors have told me that I can have the water and the melon together, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am not interested in finding out that they are wrong, right? Because as you have pointed out to us, I got shit to do. And what I cannot do is be on your television box, on your internet machine with a broken out face because I tasted some watermelon that I didn't want in the first place. <laughs> Not you mad about the watermelon? <laughs> right. I'm already mad and haven't had it. Right? Why are you mad at me about the watermelon? I didn't give you the watermelon. I don't understand. So unpopular opinion, not a big fan, but I'm going to try it soon. And we're going to see what the Lord has to say. You know, I grew up on watermelon, Jared. You know, we used to call it nigga apple where I'm from. Not nigga apple. It wasn't We did. Apple. Where I'm from, shout out to South Carolina. We used to call it, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I'm just a product of my environment. What can I say? So y'all be like, oh, you want some nigga apple? And, and, and your response would just be like, yeah, I want some nigga apple. That would be it. Like, <laughs> I want to be in the grocery store, in a very white grocery store too, with Travel, and be like, where the nigga apples at? Right. <laughs> Period. The funny part is, Jared, you know we can do it. You know I'm down. I'm done. The gag is, as I said it, I'm I was like, done. okay, can Enough. we do that? Enough. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. What's worse is once they find out you're looking for watermelon. That doesn't that doesn't make it any better, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I want some rice. Like, and then I have to overcompensate and be like, it's not for me. I'm allergic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't have it. Yeah, no. Not doing the stereotypes with you people today. I'm nothing like you, Negroes. Right? That's that's what you. That's the vibe you have to give. Right? Yeah. 
I cannot. Um, my my hot take or whatever. You know, I don't know if this is really a hot take or not. But you know, as Jared knows, I consider myself to be a fried chicken connoisseur. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. And as I was prepping for our conversation today, I said, you know what? A thought that I have about fried chicken that we don't say often enough because we believe in just like, you know, um, reverence and respect and all of this other stuff is that, you know, no shade, Popeyes and KFC is better than your Mima's chicken. Low key. No shade. No shade. I'm talking original and extra crispy. See, see, I was with you at Popeyes. KFC! (laughs) You're kind of losing me at at KFC. That Kentucky Fried don't hit. That Kentucky Fried don't hit right. Those 200 uh, seasonings or whatever the fuck they're doing at KFC, it it hits. It's still good. The breading, the paper is too thin. I need you to... That's real. You can do the extra crispy. Yeah, you know, and I have heard that the the extra crispy will do something for the girls. I just haven't tried it. I have not tried it yet. You should have it with with a nigga apple. Right. Let me get some some fried chicken and the nigga apple on the side. It was setting off, I promise. For dessert. (laughs) No, that's fair. Jared, I just want to know. So you thought you was allergic to something that is 99% water. Okay, first of all, your tone is really rude. It was just a question. I just had a question. Just a follow-up. It was just a follow-up. Right. First of all, I don't appreciate the allergy shaming. No, no, I would never do that. Because I am a person, okay, with a body who responds. I I got nothing. I don't know. I am mildly allergic to watermelon. Just a light itch, though. So I still eat it. It's just a light itch. I don't get hives or nothing like that. (laughs) Let's stop here. Let's, let's, Let's just cut the bullshit, okay? Let's just cut the bullshit. Travel likes to also tell people that they are psychologically allergic to mushrooms. Oh, yeah, I am. I have taken said psychological allergy and now applied that to all melons because I don't like melon in general. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Give me melon in, I'm in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hitting. You are wild. I'll give you contact, Sequoia. You know, I just don't like mushrooms. and But, you know, people don't take you seriously when you say you don't like something because you don't like something. So you have to elevate it to the level of an allergy because we take allergies seriously. But it's not a real allergy, hence psychological. Psychological. Wow, did I just get put up on some game? I like that. That's good. I don't like cheese at all. I don't like cheese at all. Who hurt you? What's wrong? Y'all, I'm recording this video right now, and I'm actually going to have to show y'all what the face is just. I don't like cheese, and people simply are like, oh, you're lactose intolerant. And I'm like, I'm not. I just don't like it. (laughs) And so now I've just started to say, yes, I am lactose intolerant. So I've been practicing this psychological allergy for a minute anyways. Or intolerance. Okay, so we're here. We see each other. Full circle. Look at that. Period. (laughs) now see i gotta say i've used psychological allergies with melon since meeting travel i also use it with cats i don't like cats cats make me uncomfortable they make me nervous (laughs) garfield ain't never done nothing to you okay what did garfield do to you we just want to know never left me a lasagna so fuck him okay (laughs) that's personal 
It feels personal. Okay. No, no, that's fine. Uh, I'm glad that we have come around to psychological allergies. I'm definitely going to keep that in mind next time somebody <laughs> asks me about my cheese disdain. I'm going Period. to say I have an allergy and the psychological is just going to be quiet. Now, now, Sequoia, this is not my show, so I don't want to I don't want to run this, but I do have a follow up question. What is it about cheese and who hurt you? Naturally, journalist, you know, journalist follow up question. I get it. Um, cheese is disgusting. Be careful. Hey. Be careful with the adjectives now. Hell. Um, I, I have a visceral reaction when it is placed on my palate. Uh, it simply does not align with my spirit at all. I gag. My body rejects it instantly. Now, fake cheeses I do like. A Cheetos cheese dust, a movie theater nacho moment, any fake cheese, I'll... I'll Love it. I could drink nacho cheese from the movie theater. That shit is fantastic to me. First of all, you with the crazy straw? Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And it's, yep. So it's not even really coming up well. <laughs> okay, now I'm disgusted. <laughs> now I'm fucking disgusted at the thought of it. No, no. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it's just nasty. That's really the base of it for me. Okay. I, I'm going to pray about that. And you know what? It's fine. Thank you for your I mean, prayers. You it up, sis. Um, I appreciate I that. Get it. I don't have to get it. <laughs> right. That's okay. Yeah. No, it's fine. We're going to move on just because um, I'm feeling attacked and embarrassed. So the song of the week, uh, this week, the song of the week. I have one. I did bring one of these. Y'all want to start with y'all songs that y'all want to like touch on? Go for it. Go for it. So, you know... But I'm a Fantasia stan, okay? And and normally, when folks ask me anything music-related, I go straight to Fantasia, okay? Our season three winner of American Idol, okay? Not to know the season. Okay, yep. Absolutely. Anything. Anything music-related. If it's like, <laughs> hey, what's your ringtone? Fantasia. Hey, what's playing in the car? Fantasia. What What are you humming in your head? Fantasia. Yeah. <laughs> For today's purposes, I decided to do something different. Wow. You know, because the podcast is about, you know, black folks and white people shit, you know, the paramour and all of that. I decided to go with the white person's song. Um, Although I think we would consider her, I think we would adopt her in the race war in particular. Oh, I love this. Mm -hmm. Oh, so so wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Before you say it. (laughs) Before you say it. Because when you said that, I was like, oh, it's like one of three people. <laughs> right? like, oh, it's definitely. Like- it's easy. Right. I can narrow it down from there. I have one person in mind right now. I can narrow it down from there. Yep. Okay. I'm like, it's it's like a JoJo, Tori Kelly, maybe a, mm-hmm. not Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake. You said she. She's in that family. Absolutely. She's in it's that family. It's giving Adele. It's giving, like, if there's a handful of white women mm-hmm. who we would take in the race track. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kelly Clarkson. Maybe a Kelly Clarkson. I thought JoJo. I thought JoJo. Okay, so it's none of those names that y'all just mentioned. Okay. Okay. A little older. Oh, I know who. Wait, can I guess again? Is it Tina Marie? It absolutely is. Okay. okay it's a one on. square biz. It's a come square, on, square biz, biz. Okay. That's my jam. It's been my jam for like the last six months. Okay. And like, it gets me together. Shout out to Tina Marie. Okay. Shout out. RIP. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, Wait, did Tina Marie die? Yes. (laughs) 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 I know this one because my mom had uh, concert tickets for her tour before she passed. And my mom gave them to her brother 
I was gonna say she good and dead because she died in twenty twenty in twenty ten. I'm leaving this podcast. I'm turning it off. <laughs> I've had enough. I've had enough. Tina Marie gone gone. Okay, gone like, gone. She, honey, they didn't cleaned up the repast. They didn't have twelve <laughs> other ones at the house. She's gone gone. Okay, gone. Shout out okay. to Tina Marie. May she yep. continue to rest. <laughs> rest on, Miss. Okay. Keep on doing what you've been doing for a while, girl. Oh, my God. Right. Wow, I did not realize. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. Okay, so not going with a white person, and in all the effort that it takes to not name something off of Renaissance, because it feels cliche at this point. <sighs> yes. I've done I've done so much Renaissance on this podcast, yep. 100%. I'm going to go with a Black queer artist. Okay. Mm. who just dropped a new album. Mm. The album is called Wanderlust. Okay. And it is by Duran Bernard. Oh, yes. Now, I don't know if I'm breaking the rules here, and I'll take the arrest if I need to, but this entire album is fantastic. It is good. It is good. This is, I think, Duran's fourth album, if I'm not mistaken. And like, this album is fantastic. He has an album called Dur Ampersand, D-U-R Ampersand. Fantastic. Like, I'm I'm a huge fan. I'm a little late to some of the party, but that's fine. Okay. I'm trying watermelon later. I've been listening to Duran Bernard. You're coming along. You're coming along. Right. Slowly, but surely. Slowly but surely, yes. Wow, Duran the voice. The voice on Duran is it's just there. Like, it don't make no damn sense. I'm always shook. Every single time a clip comes up on my timeline, I'm like, mm-hmm. why is my body feel this way? Why have, why why am I astral projecting this way? <laughs> it don't make no damn sense. I think I saw Duran at a party a couple years ago. My friend, like, works in the music industry, took us to a party. Somebody was playing the piano. Somebody who's also like... Oh, Steve Mackey. Yes. At Taco, at, at, at Taco Tuesday. Yes, 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 yes. It was so fun. And it was so good. Like hearing Duran live, I was like, oh, this is crazy as fuck. Like, (laughs) I don't know what my body's experiencing, but this is crazy as fuck. That was a really good one. That was a good one. I need to check out the album. The new album is called Wanderlust. Go check it out. Like Duran Bernard is producing extraordinary music. And I think everyone should go check it out. Duran is D-U-R-A-N-D. Hi, I'm Kate Casey, an unscripted TV expert. Three times a week, I interview the talent directors, producers, and hosts of television's most popular reality shows, docuseries, and documentaries. I get all the -the behind-the-scenes stories. I cover everything from The Bachelor, Selling Sunset, and Real Housewives to Tinder Swindler, The Last Dance, and Secrets of Playboy. Join me as I ask all the questions that you want asked. And best of all, I'm the most trusted source on what to watch every week. I will give you a guide on everything from true crime and sports to competition, calling from all streaming and cable networks. The best guests, the best shows and series, Reality Life with Kate Casey. Love it. Love it. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. For mine this week, my song of the week. This is a Halloweeny song. I am very much a Halloweeny girl. It's my favorite holiday. Kind of neck and neck with Christmas. I like them both. Man Eater by Nelly Furtado. 
Oh. It's such a fucking bop. Do y'all remember that? Yes. Cute. It's been on a loop. It's been in my playlist lately. I, I tried to curate this little Halloween vibe playlist. Man Eater popped up. I said, incredible. Nelly Furtado has some bops, and we don't talk about that enough. She has some bops. We she don't. Bops. You're right. You know why we don't talk about it? No, Nelly has she a, now. Is she a Republican or something? Yes, yes. Nelly, not a Republican, but Nelly uh, went back and disavowed her promiscuous girl days. She was like, that was the feminist machine brainwashing oh, me. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Our, our Canadian pop princess has gone. Right, I was gonna go gonna say gone left, but she's gone right on us. So we oh <laughs> <laughs> hate to see it. She went right on us. And, gone right and know. so wrong at the same time. You know, um, gone right and so wrong at the same time. It's bars coming out of this episode. Hold on, it's so many bars. I'm shook. Okay, yeah. I've been trying to let y'all know that I've got bars, but people don't like to believe me. When and the album comes so out, well, they just roll their eyes at me when I say it. So I'm, I appreciate that you just said it unprovoked. Travel is rolling their eyes as we speak. Just period. Yes, currently, yeah. Throughout every conversation. For those of you who can't see, Travel's eyes are certainly rolling Listen, right, right. As okay, Ro- in a ro- like constant cartoon. rotation. Yeah, just over yeah, and yeah. over and over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, and that's fair. But I believe it. I'm here in bars, so. I'm for the bars. I like it. You know who else has bars? Black people as a whole with phrases and colloquialisms. And it I see what you did Black people love it. You, you, you saw the transition. You saw the transition. I was kind of proud of myself for that one. I like that one. That was good. Are you ready for this segue? Are you ready? Here. I wasn't even prepared for that. I didn't know I, was, I had that in me, but yeah, I had that. Okay, I could have did that. Yes, Black people really do. You know, I was talking about shit too. Black people really do have a hold on the phrases, the colloquialisms, the idioms that make their way into mainstream society, even aside from just, you know, having their corner in, I would prefer for them to stay in the, uh, in the black corner of things, but you know, absolutely. Sure. Sure. But I want to talk about the little black phrases, mm-hmm. black colloquialisms, black idioms. I'm going to do a brief little explanation of what it is. I feel weird explaining it to y'all because y'all know exactly what the it's fuck. all right. You know, but I'm going to do it anyways. Black phrases. Thank you. Black phrases come from AABE or African-American vernacular English. AABE, according to my little Googles, is debated between being a language or a dialect. Mm -hmm. Um, But it originated in Southern United States as a result of or during the transatlantic slave trade. That's the that's a little synopsis I'm going to give without getting too deep. Mm -hmm. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do y'all have, is there anything I missed that y'all want to add onto that? No, I think you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, there, there are debates, right, about whether AABE is like a language within itself or if it's quote unquote broken English, right? Um, Jared mentioned earlier that we're writing a book called Historically Black Phrases. It'll be out fall 2023. And that's something that we've been talking about and that we kind of discuss in the book is that like, no matter how you kind of come down on it, you know, Black people, we have taken what words we have been given. We have created some, we put a little extra seasoning, a little stank up on it. 
okay? <laughs> you know, and we've created something that is wholly ours, right? And now, as you mentioned, so much about uh, of the language that we started as Black folks, as Black queer folks, right, is now mainstream language, right? It's it's on TV, it's on, you know, <laughs> they're talking about it in, in political spheres. It's literally everywhere, right? Um, you can buy, buy it on a t-shirt at Forever 21 or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, all of that's because, you know, we are deeply imaginative and innovative people. Mm-hmm, period. You know, I was going to ask, why do y'all think this is happening, but you know, Travel just cleared it. As simple as that. That's how it is. <laughs> well, and I think to Travel's point, like the ways that we see, well, to both of your points, the ways that we kind of see things showing up around the world. Like I was at LACMA within the last year and a half or two. And actually, that's not right. I'm looking, I Googled it to make sure it was here earlier. It was, it was before that. But there was a an exhibit in LACMA called Beyond Bling, which had nothing to do with hip hop, nothing to do with black culture, right? Hmm. But it was about jewelry from the history of this woman named Lois Boardman, who I don't know. But like, I remember walking up to the exhibit and seeing the word bling there. And at the same time going, huh, and hearing bling, bling, everything, like, I don't right? like doing the whole thing, right? Yeah. But it was like, <laughs> oh, so this is, we're here, right? This was 2017. But like, that was from when I was a kid. Right. Like we were singing bling bling. And so it's like to see the ways that like black language gets torn apart, judged, degraded, you know what I mean? Disrespected. But then also like, oh, but we love this. Right. Or we want to say that or we have mm-hmm. fun with those words. Right. Oh, oh, that sounds cool coming out of my mouth. Um, let's put it in a museum, in an exhibit. Right. And so right. there's this interesting dynamic of, of simultaneously trying to degrade who we are or disrespect or not appreciate in other ways who we are, but also really wanting to have an attachment to like the culture of who we are. And, and we're talking about that a lot in this book uh, about language specifically. So I am very excited about this book. Can't wait to get my hands on this damn book. You said 2023, September? Yeah, September 2023. Okay, okay, fantastic. Gonna have that in my calendar. But I'm from, I'm from Long Beach, y'all, or, you know, LA County, Long Beach, to be specific. I noticed some phrases seem to be kind of regional. For instance, in order to prepare for this episode, I asked my Instagram their favorite Black phrases. And some, most of them I had heard, you know, naturally, because, you know, Black. But someone responded, I ain't seen you in a month of Sundays. And I thought to myself, I've never heard that in my life. That's country. I'm like, that's, that's country. Where's that? <laughs> so that's actually a really great point. It, it makes me think about two things in the book. One, country versus Southern is a conversation versus Black, right, is a conversation that we've been having in the book, uh, in the, the process of the book. But then also like, we brought together all of uh, like a, a group of friends of ours to like read through the pages, right? As we were going through, I guess it was like turning in like the third draft of the manuscript or whatever it was. And it was interesting to have them go through all the chapters, right? And read all the essays that we've written and like yeah. some of them to be like, oh my God, my mom used to always say that, or I'm saying this all the time. And then for some people to be like, oh, I've never heard that, right? Or... Uh, I think I've heard that one time and it, it highlighted for me in that moment, but also in our interviews that like this idea of, you know, being monolithic and all that kind of stuff that we're always trying to debunk, but like 
more so the idea of like black diversity showing up in various different kinds of ways, right? In our interviews, like one of the interviews, someone was talking about not growing up around a lot of black people because of where they grew up in the Midwest, right? And how like the only access that they had to black culture was television and music and then the internet and things like that. And so it's like, hey, how would I have that language, right? If I wasn't growing up around black folks that were saying that, or I wasn't exposed to certain shows and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that has been an interesting element, but even you talking about country and Southern and stuff like that, like we were like, what is the distinction between something that is black, something that is Southern and something that is country, right? And really kind of parsing that out and like, without going into all the details, like we've kind of figured out that being Southern has something to do with like culture and tradition, Uh right? And being country has more to do with the land, right? And being being rural and being kind of removed from folks and like speaking in a different kind of dialect in a different kind of way. Whereas being Southern, sometimes Southern shit has, has a, a little film on it that should be like, mm, I don't know about what I landed for me. Right. That didn't quite hit right. Or mm, that sounded like it could have came out of white man mouth about 200 years ago. You know what I mean? You know? <laughs> right. And so, like, we've been like, what is the distinction between what is black, what is southern, what is country? Like, it's an it's a interesting conversation that we can have. Welcome to Sufficiently Black, a show that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness despite living in a world obsessed with stereotypes. Host Kia, Amari, and Janae deep dive into black womanhood. Personally, I know that when I walk into the room, I'm seen as black first. Yeah. Then I'm seen as a woman. Mm-hmm. The glass ceiling is already like there. It's already above my head. It's, it's already above my head. Like shattering that bitch is real tough for me. Yeah. Identity. I feel beautiful. And my mom and like my mom's telling me my immediate family are telling me I'm beautiful. But everyone, everything else around me is telling me like I'm not beautiful. And so it was never I never wanted to be lighter skinned or white. I just wanted the fucking privilege that came along with being light. And culture. It doesn't matter how much money you have as a black person. You will never in your life. You could say I'm not black emoji. You could say whatever you want, but you still are going to be black. It doesn't matter. Through a critical lens as they navigate their way through adulthood. I want to look back at this year and say, damn, like that was a comfy ass fun year. That's what I want. Like, I want this year to be like I'm running around in sweatpants, but have a glittery top in, like figuratively. Join us every other Tuesday for funny. And this is why I'm angry, yo, because I'm like, damn, I was giving so much energy to these boys who like could not call what we were doing what it was, which is a relationship, dude. Like it's a relationship. And I'm giving this all this goodness to you when I could be giving it to myself or someone else and intellectual conversations. In order for Black people to survive, you have to play a game of not being yourself. About what it means to be sufficiently Black. Trying to mind my business and be Black. That's basically about it. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye! Bye! Bye. Yeah! I had never even thought about it until I saw that particular comment. And I was like, hmm, okay, so there's definitely a regional component here to historically Black phrases or colloquialisms, um, which is kind of hard to parse out because, again, most Black American folks that are descendants of slaves in the United States have some Southern roots to some degree. So it's difficult to parse that out because I'm like, this is country, but like, 
my daddy from Alabama, so I don't understand how I missed it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> what, what is this? Like, I don't, how did I miss this one? All of this, like, even, even when you look at just like the way that language in and of itself, right, has, has changed over the years, how it's changed over the months, right? Because our language changes, the things that are popular today might not be popular in two weeks, right? Um, but all of it, so much of it traces back to the Great Migration, right? So, and, and you can trace how things that were, one of the things that's been great about us doing this book in particular, Jared is from the West Coast, from the Bay Area. You know, his parents have Southern roots, as you mentioned, uh, yours. I'm from South Carolina. That you know, my people still there. Okay, we, we you know, and they ain't never leaving. That's their choice, right? Um, and so we've had similar situations where it'll be the same phrase, the exact same phrase, but Jared will say it one way, and it means something completely different, right? Than what it means how I say it, right? And yeah. so, like, but that's the beauty of our tongue. As yeah. black folks, right? It's one of those situations where, you know, if you know, you know. If you yeah. don't, you don't. And that's cool too. Simple. You know? Let's leave it like that. One of the ones that we've had this conversation about, about like, I use that differently than you do. Yeah. Um, act right. If you saw act right written on a page, how would you use act right? My name is Tom Buck, and this is The Enthusiasm Project. Join me each week for deep dives exploring the world of what it means to be an independent creator on YouTube, starting your own creative business. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. And keeping a positive, enthusiastic mindset along the way. New episodes of The Enthusiasm Project are available every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hmm. If I just saw the phrase act right written on a page, act And you're right. like, oh, this has to be plugged into a sentence in okay. a black ass way. <laughs> in a black ass way. For me, two different ways come to mind. Good. Okay. I can think of the lean way, like activists, 
where they're calling activists act right. Is that not mm. one of the ways it comes to? Okay, so that was not one of the ways that y'all had. Okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, yeah. right, right. It's like okay, activists act right. You want to get you some act right. You need to get this there. Okay, but for me, that's like lean. That's a medication. But for you, what what is act right for you? Is it not? What is, is it? Dick? Because I can also hear it being dick. We've we've really we've really gone beneath the subconscious <laughs> with Sequoia Holmes here. Um, <clears throat> you took that in a different direction than we were going. Um, for real, you said that's drugs for you. Holiness is right over here, and I just want to be clear about that. Um, holiness. <laughs> holiness. Ain't nothing holy um, about also you. Right. Also, dick is right. Dick is so. right, right? Get you some act right. Or you like, or you could be like, I mean, he he not he's not acting right. He needs to act right. Right. And so like this came up because I've had this idea for six or seven years, right? And so I've like been compiling phrases for a long time. And we have like a cutting room floor where a whole bunch of things didn't make it to the book because it was too obvious what it meant, or people wouldn't mm. get it or whatever. But like in the listing, we divided up the chapters and like Travel took Ackwright was a part of one of the chapters, right? And when I read the definition, I was like, oh, you're hitting that different than I was, right? And it started that conversation of like, oh, I see this as that. You yeah. see this as that. And like my grandparents coming from Arkansas, Mississippi, you know, the South, my parents being Midwest and West Coast, all that shit has kind of filtered down in different kinds of ways. So it's been yep. interesting specifically to use your examples there. Yeah. That is such a good example that I would have never thought about. Just I, I wouldn't even thought about like the regional differences that can play a part in um the way that the phrases have meaning. I would think more so about the pronunciation of the phrases and just the inflection of the voice and how that can give different meanings. I have two examples for that. First one, I was talking to my friend. She sent me a voice note yesterday. She is a consistent guest co-host for this podcast. Her name is Jewel Wicker. She's a journalist. Oh, we love she, Jewel. We, Jewel, that is truly one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Love Jewel so much. Jewel sent me a voice note yesterday and she was like, she said, am I worrisome? And she kept saying that. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I truly do. I said, Jewel, are you saying worrisome? And she said, Sequoia, don't play with me. She <laughs> said, Sequoia, don't play with me. <laughs> I'm tired of you calling me a country bumpkin. Yes, you know I'm saying worrisome. I said, no, no, no. This time, I do be playing with you, but this time I really didn't know what word you were saying because it was just, it was fast. And there had there was a, di- you know, there was a certain mm-hmm. inflection that you had that I just am not used to hearing. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, as Southerners, right, we, we drop certain letters. We put the emphasis on a different part of the word. And, and, you know, sometimes the people outside don't know what the hell we say. Um, people outside. You, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and that's the thing, right? The people outside can be other Black people who just say it differently, but it also can be white people. It could be, you know, the, the community uh, that makes up outside changes depending on the context. But, you know, that's that's the beauty of it. Go ahead, Jared. Because, like, I, I hear worse. Um, I think my stepmom, my second stepmom, she used to say that all the time, like she would reference people as being worse. Mm-hmm. We're not getting into that follow up. We left it for We didn't have no follow up. <laughs> Shout out to my first time mom and my second. Okay. But she would call people worse. My babysitter when I was a kid, Miss Jones, she would call people worse. And like that meant that they like got on her nerves. Right. 
oh, he's just worrisome. Or like he gets on my nerves, he does too much, or he's irritating, he's annoying. That's how worrisome was used for me, like when I was a kid. Okay. And the way that I hadn't, I guess I had never even heard her use in that context because you just cleared up what she, because she absolutely, now that you gave me that context, was asking me if she's annoying. <laughs> and I thought that she was asking me, is she a worry wart? Yeah. And I was, see? you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what's interesting about that is you said she said it in a voice note, right? Yeah. So as you said that, I thought to myself, have I ever spelled worsome? Right. And that's been a part of this conversation with the book is like, how do we spell? How do we say? How yeah. do we write? How do we translate what that means? Yeah. Like, or some, I don't, I'm like, but that'd be W O R S E M. That seems too, right. I don't know. Is it work like W U? Like, you know, it's like, some things ain't meant to be spelled out, okay? Y'all, y'all worried about using the the the, the alphabet. Sometimes don't need to be alphabetized. Okay? Sometimes you don't need to do all that. You, you don't fair. need to do all that. You just need to feel it. It's it's meant to be audible, an no. audible experience. That's very fair. It, like audible experiences are like very much a thing. So hearing her say "worsome," if she had, she wouldn't have been able to type that out because I wouldn't have known what the fuck she was talking about. But speaking of <laughs> audible experiences, that girl versus that girl. I saw somebody on TikTok talk about this. Damn, I wish I had written down who that person's name is. I'll try to put it in the show notes. That's another example of like the inflections and how that can play a part in what is AAVE or a Black phrase versus a standard American English phrase. Mm-hmm. White people say, oh, I'm that girl. Whereas Black people are saying, I'm that girl. And it just <laughs> has, it just has a different vibe, a different flavor. And it almost has a different meaning to me. If you are that girl, you're a TikTok girl who has the clean girl aesthetic or some other internet thing. Whereas if you're that girl, you're just that girl. Mm. That's mm. what it is. When you say that girl, right? Like, it's funny because me and my bestie, we, uh, who's also named Jarrett, we will spell girl like G W U A R H and maybe an L if we're feeling it, right? All like, these extra letters. <laughs> right, exactly. I I mind you, this goes against my rule about like slang language cannot be longer than the actual language, right? The mm-hmm. words can't be longer when you spell them mm-hmm. out. It's just stupid. But girl, like girl. Hey, my girls is here. You gotta chew on them vowels. You do. You gotta eat that. You definitely gotta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gotta move. You gotta take your mouth and wrap it around. <laughs> you know, if if your mouth is not, you know, doing an oblong shape, you know, when you say that word, then it's not hitting. It's not. You're right. not doing it right. You gotta. You gotta be that girl. You know, Sequoia over here making ovals of her mouth, like right. <laughs> looking about dumb as hell. <laughs> That wow, you just I mean, but that's what it is. Up the vowels. I'm not gonna let that go, just so you know. That's thing. I got that from a TikTok too. See, I'm talking about that girl versus that girl. Meanwhile, I'm stealing shit from TikTok. Yes. And that but but you you but you be but you be chewing on it. You do be chewing on them vowels in a different way. And that is so black. Like something about that is so Mm -hmm. black. And black people are just good at this but before i try to I, I usually i try to give a theory as to why i think black people love whatever the topic of the mm-hmm. conversation is in this case why i think black people love colloquialisms or idioms or phrases um but before i get into that i want to know what are some of y'all favorite 
colloquialisms, black colloquialisms? So this started off with me doing Facebook posts, right? Mm Because like I I was like explaining what something meant and it was just funny. And then I did it again and again. And then people started asking me like, oh, are you doing a book? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Right. And like the first ones were like, I, one of your little friends, right. It was fuck boy. Cause like a nigga had gotten on my nerves and I was like, we need to define this. We had, Travel loves to call out in our interviews, like, do you got McDonald's money? Right. Like <laughs> that's one that Travel uses a lot. Right. That might be an issue for us with publishing. We'll talk to legal about it. Um, oh, but, like, yeah. but you know, like those are the ones that I feel like I hear us talking about a lot when we're, when we're talking about the book. You know, I'm country. I'm Southern. You know, I feel like a lot of the things that I just say, you know, every day, uh, people tell me, people being Jared, be like, what you say? Like, what, what, what was that? <laughs> um, and so, like, even the, the one you mentioned earlier, uh, I ain't seen you in a month of Sundays. I literally said that twice today already before we got on this podcast. Stop. Um, that is, yeah. That's just that's a common normal. one. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I saw you last week, I ain't seen you in a month of Sundays. Sunday. You know, it, the context, you know, shifts the meaning from time to time. Um, but in the book, we have we we have a range of stuff in in the book. Um, we have some regional things, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I think a lot of my favorites are just like the ways that we affirm each other um, as Black folks. And a lot of times, it's not even actually a word, right? A lot of times, it's a sound. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a hand movement. Mm-hmm. You know, I, lo- I love a shoulder shimmy moment. We love. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't, we don't, we don't talk about the, how the kind of embodied part of our kind of linguistic experience mm-hmm. is just as important as the words that we actually use. And so, you know, I, as you see, I talk with my hands and my whole body all the time because the words alone just don't hit, okay? You need mm-hmm. my head to nod, you know, <laughs> so that you, you know, so that you can get it. If you you know I do. I do get it. And I agree. It it does add a lot. When you see the hair get to get to shaking, it adds something. It does do something. It means something different, right? The first time I ever thought about how inflection matters, I remember someone was talking about um, like Mandarin and they were saying like, oh, when you draw the characters this way, if you if you just do a little thing, it means that. But if you do a little different thing, it means something different. And I was like, mm. that's crazy. And then I remembered, I remember being a kid and there was a commercial, I think it was for like just for me, but it was like home perm. And the commercial was like, you get your hair done and they're like, oh, girl. Who did your hair? And then a week later, it's like, oh, girl, who did your hair? <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, that inflection matters. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. inflection is the difference between yes and oh, no. Right? I was triggered by that second one. I felt real triggered by that second one. <laughs> Said, oh, I have to go inside and cover it up immediately. Whatever I did wrong. <laughs> Right. That inflection matters, right? The way that we inflect, the way that we use our hands, the way we have a we have an essay in the book called Language Lives in the Body, right? That talks about how things how we move and how all of those things um are important and how they how they show up in our language. So it's been great. I love that. The inflections mean so so much. 
yeah, still kind of lingering on that. Who did yo hair? Because that stressed me out. (laughs) My favorite Black phrase. This one, I'm not sure if this is just like a my family thing, but my grandmother loves to say, he called himself over there with his little girlfriend or something like that. Like he called his, he they called themselves, he called himself, you know, like, what, 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 what are you implying here? What you saying? I'm not really, I'm not, what? That's exactly what she's implying, okay? Precisely. Exactly. Well, we saw himself having a little attitude when he got home the other night, so I had to let him know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I sorry, I, I pulled that stuff from my childhood. Um, right. I didn't mean to do that. But there's two things in there that you just used, though, right? He called himself is one of them, but little is the other no, one. No, girl. Yeah, little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to specify because I said, oh, I slipped into another one too. Yep. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and so little is in the book, and it's like one of those favorites that it's like, um, little is the be- is the simplest, most covert, but very direct way to like diminish anything, right? Oh, you know, I like your little house. Oh, I see a little car. Oh, is oh, oh, well, you got your little degree. Okay. <laughs> oh, is this a little phone? Oh, okay. Right. You know, anything little is rude. The power that one word has. Oh, it's powerful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so rude. Yeah, my grandma good for a, a they call themselves and little for sure. You about to get <laughs> both of them. Oh, he got a little attitude. He called himself trying to be mad. <laughs> he called himself yelling at yelling at me on the phone. Listen, okay. I I always like to just you know broaden the conversation just a little bit. You know that's my thing. But I also want to know, like you know, we're talking about like you know spoken language. But I also wanted to note that like black folks who do sign language also have black American sign language, right? So it's sign language with some seasoning on it. Very similar in the ways that, like, those of us, right, who, who speak our language also do it. So I just, you know, for the, for, the, for the signers out there, I just wanted to note that, like, it's not just a spoken thing, right? Yes. It shows up in other ways that language manifests for Black people specifically as well. Travell, come on. Come on with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. You, you got me. We are here. And that brings me to why Black people love these things so much. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this can also apply to, um, what is Black Sign Language called? Is ASL, what is Black Sign Language called? Do we know? They call it, they call it B-A-S-L, Black American Sign Language or Black ASL, yeah. I feel like it can apply Mm -hmm. to both spoken and nonverbal. Black people of the diaspora, in my opinion, appear to be just a very expressive people. Black cultures overall are more vibrant, they're more flavorful, and African-American languages are no different. That's it. Spoken and non-spoken are no different. I think that's why Black people love them. I think, to your point, I think that we love them because they they also, like, mean something to us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we, We talk with the linguists in this process about, like, what these different things mean, why they happen, et cetera. And she's like, you know, we talk about the way that we speak as if it's not a language, but like, she's like, the way that we speak is a real language, right? Mm -hmm. It is something that should be studied. It is something that should be written about. You know, people should be doing books about it. 
as we were talking about it, I was like, I hadn't even thought about it as being a real language or not. But hearing her say that, it resonated with me like, oh, yes, we let white people tell us all types of shit about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. That we're not beautiful, that we're not smart, that we're not capable, that we're not talented, that we're not, you know, whatever it is, that the things that we do are not valid, that they're not real, that the way we talk isn't right, that it's all of those different things. And like that started to come up for me in the process of this book as well, right? Like the ways that we talk about and think about the work that we do, the ways that we talk about and think about the things that we create, that we're a part of, all of those things. I think that's why... It matters so much to us, right? One of the debates that we've, we had uh, in this process was like when we're spelling things um, that are not traditionally spelled, right? You know, we love to drop a G off of something, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's a conversation about like, do we put an apostrophe there or do we just let the end be the end of the word, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we make that decision? And does it work here in a different way than it works there? And all of those kinds of different things, right? Because mm-hmm. to me, the apostrophe, feels, the apostrophe feels like white folks coming in and be a part of the conversation. That's exactly where I just got when you said that. I said, Ooh. yeah, but also yeah. like when you're writing it, it looks a certain kind of way to not have all the letters there. And <laughs> Travel said something on the show that has been a part of our, our conversation in the last couple of months. But like sometimes stuff is a little too <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Right. And it's like, <laughs> okay, we can- <laughs> And Terrell was like, I, I just got to say, like, the thing without the apostrophe, it feels a little too yo, yo, yo for me. And I'm like, <laughs> going out into the world. Listen, and it's no shade. But it feels a little too yo, no yo, yo. I want to play it's no done. shade to, you know, our yo, yo, yo brethren and sistren and siblings. It mm-hmm. is no shade, right? <laughs> However, it is what it is. Just an observation. But... <laughs> But, right, I think another thing about, like, why we like to, to we like our language in the ways that we like it is also, for many of us, our, the terms that we use, the phrases that we use, they're connected to these memories, right? Um, and, and by making sure that we continue to use these terms and these phrases, we make sure that those memories, right, don't die. We make sure that our family histories don't die in a lot of ways, right? And so, like, I think we, a lot of times we're just talking just to talk, right? And we use the phrase that comes to mind that most accurately fits whatever situation we're in. And if that happens to be, you know, one of these phrases that we've listed thus far, this thus far, great. If not, we we use what we need, but we also are very much into, um, I think, perhaps subconsciously, just like making sure that we as a people are continuing to maintain the specificity and the uniqueness of, you know, of us being Black folks, okay? You know, of us being, you know, I, I say sometimes nignogs, you know? We're, so, we're such a complex people that often gets, you know, I think, boiled down and simplified into something that is very monolithic and straightforward. Um, but you know, we all know of people, we all know of the phrases that we all know that we all yeah. have some sort of attachment to. And there are phrases that like you, that, that you've never heard of that are still yeah. black. Right. And yeah. does not, you not knowing it does not question or take away from your black experience right. because right. all of our experiences are different, different, but there is some connection and some synergy in all of that. And even us just doing what we do, refusing to code switch and even code switching, 
right? When we need to as a means of survival, as a means of signaling safety for community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is us carrying on, right? A legacy that, you know, folks before us, you know, put up. 100%. One of the things that Travel said on the show that I was like, what did you just say? Came from your grandmother and it's in the book now. The rooster don't crow no more. Still haven't heard anyone else say that, to be clear. But, okay, wait. Yes, Sequoia, what does used to the rooster don't crow no more mean? Okay, it's something that's no longer taking place, something that's no longer happening. It could be somebody's youth leaving. Um, It could be somebody no longer being present Mm. on the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody, somebody not waking up anymore because roosters, mm. you know, crow, they wake you up. These are great guesses. They're still wrong. Okay, that's fair. Okay. No, they're not. <laughs> okay. They're close. They're okay. close. They're close. You're in the family. Again, this is a phrase that's also context dependent, as many of our phrases that we've discussed thus far are context dependent. But use the rooster don't crow no more is basically like a response that you have. You know, when somebody's like, oh, yeah, well, we, we've we always done something one particular way. Well, you still the rooster don't crow no more. Oh, wow. The past okay. is the past. Why, why, wow. you know, the past is the past. You still the rooster don't crow no more. And you know what? <laughs> you know what? But okay. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it, it really worked. And what's mm-hmm. wild is I couldn't say that. You know, there's just like, again, there are Mm -hmm. certain inflections that are required to pull certain things off that I don't have. So if somebody said, you know, we used to do it this way. And I was like, you still the rooster don't crow no more. (laughs) When you say it, when you say it, it gives silver rights. You say it and it gives silver rights. When I say it, you know. Not it gives silver rights. Travel, please don't embarrass me on my podcast. Please don't embarrass me on my podcast like that again. Why would you say that to me? <laughs> Travel said it's giving very segregation now. Segregation forever. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's and it, and I heard. it was insult to injury because I already heard it when I said it. I already felt it when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not need them to reiterate. But to your point, but to your point, Sequoia, you know, <laughs> there is a thing where you know when somebody has like lived with a language. Yeah. How they, when they have lived with a term yeah. and when they have not, right? Because we, across, you know, you know I, 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 this often pops up when we're talking about, you know, white folks in particular who, you know, you know, the white folks who like grew up in the hood, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, have an ease which with, with which they say certain things. And then you have 100%. the white people who learned black language off of TikTok, right? And it don't hit the same. Nope. Which one is Chet Hanks? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. You didn't at all. You did not at all. But that's my point. And even with Black people, though, but even with other Black people, certainly. not all of us have a yo-yo-yo type of experience. No shade, you know? 
Not we don't. We don't. And you well, know the people, thing, right? Because if because if I came into the conversation and Sequoia was like, oh, you know, and, and I was like, oh, Riverside is so cute. I love that we recorded this program. And I'm like, oh, we're so just used to doing X and Y Z. And you were like, well, you said the rooster don't crow no more. I'd have been like, well, you would have been like, what? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest with you, I'm going to just be real straight with you. If anybody other than Travel says it at this point, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm not. Right? I'm not. We took, no. we took the creative license and put it in the book, <laughs> right, to honor Travel's grandmother. But ain't nobody yep. else saying that that I know of. <laughs> nope. And, and and it felt so natural coming from Travel. Like the moment that it escaped, I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, certainly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It don't." You're right. It simply don't crow. Cut to me being on the air and hearing that the first time and being like, what did you just say? Now, hold on. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. I know we're talking about the heavy things in the world, but what? All right, run that back. We're going to have to, we're going to have to, yeah, we got to talk about that one. No, that is a really good one. I can't get off this podcast without telling y'all just a list of, give me y'all a little list of some idioms, colloquialisms, phrases. You better than me. Somebody said, this one was funny to me. Somebody said, that baby been here before. <laughs> like, what you do like that one? Yeah. Oh, it's got, you got an old soul. You got an old soul. Absolutely. One of my personal favorites, I'm the wrong one slash I'm the right one because they both mean the same thing. Good. Because you know, either way, you're in trouble. Absolutely. I feel like I was just talking about this last night, maybe with you, Travel, or somebody else. But like the idea of having the right one and the wrong one is really about inflection, right? Yeah. Oh, you got yeah. the right one today, bitch. Right? right? Like that's a whole different thing, man. <laughs> oh, you got the wrong one. Like you know what I mean? It's a different thing. It's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're in trouble. Spin the block. If someone, if someone uh, said that one, I was like, okay, that was a new one. Spin the block. You acting brand new. Brand new? Brand new? Mm-hmm. Brand new is some some stuff that I feel like <laughs> Black folks love to use a brand new, right? Oh, she real brand new today. Oh, she don't know who I am, right? Oh, you can't speak? Oh, she came in real brand new. Brand new. Jasmine Sullivan got the song brand new. Period. Mm-hmm. We know. <laughs> That's a good one. And then, to round it off, my faves as a whole, as a genre, are the ones that uh, kind of rhyme and have, or have some type of alliteration and have two words associated with, like, oh, we ripping and running, or we hooting and hollering. Hooting and hollering! I love those. Those, that's a good genre. Here's the thing. I've been working on this for six, seven years, so people tag me in this shit all the time, right? Right. And since we've announced that we're doing the book, people are always sending these things to Travel and I, Right. Ripping and running is different than running and ripping. Ooh, I don't know running and ripping. I couldn't tell you what that one is. I can't remember what the song was, but he, the uh, a rapper referenced a girl as a runner and a ripper. And it oh. was like, oh, see, that's very different than ripping and running. Right? Like, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> do, should we explain that? Or do we need to? Um, no, I don't know. If they know, they know. If they know, they know. They don't. They don't. Cut to the people who pause and Google right now. Runner. Right. <laughs> Runner. Ripper. And ripper. Ripper. 
runner. I don't see it, Lord. I don't see it, Lord. I don't know. But yeah, that's all that I had, y'all. Did y'all have anything y'all wanted to to round off with? Any final thoughts that y'all would like to give? Um, I will just say that, you know, uh, y'all buy this book when it comes out. Um, and um, maybe we will be back to discuss it in more detail, you know, in next a year. year. Yep. You know, yep. um, in more specificity. Um, but yeah, it's been a really interesting process diving into this. Um, largely because we just like how we speak, you know, it's different on, on purpose. It is different on purpose and we shouldn't try to run away from it. I'll leave it at that. Period. I'll say if you want more information on the book or you want to be kept up on what we're doing with the book, or you want to submit phrases that you're excited about, uh, you can go to historicallyblackphrases.com and like the announcement about the book is there. Signing up to be a part of the conversation is there and we'll be having uh, more updates as, as things happen um, with the book for pre-order and all that stuff. But September of next year is, is when it'll be out. And Sequoia, I just got to say, I met you working at BuzzFeed a hundred years ago, right? Well, maybe five, six years ago. Um, and like that experience was amazing and awful for me in a lot of ways, right? It was, I, I got the opportunity with this book, right? Like, cause we were developing a television show. I remember you talking about show. it then, yep. Yeah, so we were developing a television show at BuzzFeed that never ended up moving anywhere, which we can talk about on a different podcast cause that's a different conversation of trauma. But like, I remember like, all of the black folks at BuzzFeed were like in the room, right? It was like, all of us are here. We want to talk about this. And I remember you because you were always really excited to be there. You're always a part of the conversation. I was like, I want to work with Sequoia. Like Sequoia is awesome. I'm really excited to see you continuing to grow and develop and and doing a show now and all that stuff. So uh, I'm excited for it. Thank you so much, Jared. It means like a ton to me. Because I remember when the whole shit went down and suddenly you were gone from BuzzFeed. And I was like, what the fuck? And yeah. then you reached out. I was like, I'm so glad that he reached out because <laughs> I thought that I was just never going to hear from Jared again. And BuzzFeed has stripped me of my opportunity to get to know this person. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. BuzzFeed already stripped me of too much. I'm not happy. <laughs> no, Enough. No, okay. Another episode. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Another episode for sure. But tell the people where they can find you all, please. You can find me at Travel Anderson on the Twitters, at Rayjean, R-A-Y-Z-H-O-N on Instagram, TravelAnderson.com. If you want to, you know, pay me for something, mm-hmm. um, I will welcome that. And then we are together at Fanti Podcast. That's our show. Available every Thursday at Fanti Podcast on all of the socials. Okay, share it. I am at Jarrett Hill, two R's, two T's, and Jarrett everywhere, uh, Twitter, Instagram, dot com, Facebook, wherever. Uh, I'm trying to be on Facebook, but like, who, you know, bro. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to engage a little bit more, but yeah, you can find me everywhere at Jarrett Hill. Uh, and it's Travel Set Fanti. New episodes are every Thursday, wherever you get your, your slay-worthy audio, as we always say on the show. Um, and yeah, historicallyblackphrases.com um, is where you can find out more about the book. For sure. And as y'all know, you can email me with any topics you would like me to cover, people you would like me to invite on the show at blackpeopleloveparamore at gmail.com. You can follow me on social at BPLPpod across all social media platforms. Um, DM me, you know, send me hate mail. Tell me why you love me. All those things. And (laughs) that's it. Thank y'all for joining. It has been fantastic. I am so fucking happy with how this episode came out. This is great. Thank you for having us. Y'all are fantastic guests. All right. Bye, y'all.